just not writing down gobbledygook. Christian Arcan. We like to hippie in here. Christian and King. Weekdays, noon to 3 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. What do you need? What do you want? Can I not just live here without having to occasionally deal with you animals? Now, here's Christian Arcan and Tom King. Hour number two here. It's Christian and King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com. Nice to have you with us here today on a pretty nice day. Oh, it's nice out. It's nice out. Yeah. It's about 40 degrees. It's not very warm. But, yeah, it's uh, about it's about 25 degrees warmer than it's going to be uh, Thursday and Friday. It's I'll not, take it. No, yeah, you'll take it today. You won't take it Thursday and Friday. That's right. It's going to be very, very shock cold. Shock to the system. Um, Bill Belichick spoke to the media today. He spoke at length. Yep. And we have his comments for you right now. Without any further ado, here's the coach talking to the media from uh, Gillette Stadium earlier this morning. Um, all right, well, it's... Uh, you know, always uh, impressive when you watch the Broncos um, play. It's, um, as usual, they have a very good football team, uh, well-coached. I think that uh, you know, Coach Kubiak and his staff do a, do an excellent job, uh, as they always do offensively, um, defensively, special teams. They have very experienced uh, coordinators. Their schemes and their systems are uh, well-established and had a great history of production and uh, successful plays with them. That continues to be the case. So, um, obviously, a lot of great players uh, in all three phases of the game. Very good defensively. So great, great defense. A lot of a lot of outstanding players at all three levels, and um, you know, they do a good job of taking the ball away. Turnovers. They've capitalized on those turnovers and turned them into uh, more points than anybody else in the league. So, ball security and Decision making will be be really important for us there. Um, you know, offensively, it's always a, a good game plan. Have a good game plan attack. Um, Coach Kubiak does a good do a job of keeping the defense off balance with um, his attack, running game, play actions, dropbacks, empty formations, things like that. Um, do a good job of creating mismatches on personnel, and uh, you really have to handle their good players, but also mentally do a good job of being in the right place and having the assignments right. And uh, They're very aggressive in a kicking game. They're fast, cover well. Um, they're a good rush team. Uh, beat, beat New Orleans, obviously, on the block PAT, but uh, they put a lot of pressure on, on the specialists to, and the protection units uh, for, the, uh, for the kickers and the punters. Um, again, very fast coverage team that um, does a good job creating field position. McManus, you know, strong leg. Um, rookie punters done a good job for him. So they've it's good and good football uh, team from top to bottom. Well coached, good players. Um, great environment out there. An intense, intense atmosphere, I'm sure. And uh, a big, big challenge for us this week. Got to do a good job preparing and being ready to go and being able to. Uh, handle their speed and their aggressiveness um, uh, on the road. So, so we're working on the team's first trip there since last year's AFC title game. How relevant is that game in your preparations? Um, yeah, we'll definitely watch it. Yeah. 
same coaches, same. So probably you know some similar X's and O's. There's a few moving parts in terms of personnel that are different. There's a lot that are the same. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a reference point. Mm -hmm. You mentioned um, Kubiak's offense. Obviously, you guys are, are familiar with it. How have you seen Simeon run that offense, and um, what is it about his skill set that allows him to, to perform in that offense? Well, of course, he's been there, so he's got some experience with it. Uh, first opportunity to you know, play a lot in it uh, other than preseason, but last year. But um, he's athletic. He's got a good arm. He's thrown the ball well last four or five weeks. You know, been over 300 yards every every week. Uh, receivers are got two two great receivers, uh, but you know a lot of other guys that um, Fowler and Norwood and. Um, you know they they do a good job of spreading the ball around. Uh, besides Sanders and Thomas, I mean those are the two guys that you obviously have to stop. But uh, they have other explosive players. He does a good job of getting the ball down the field. But whether it's drop back, play action, uh, quarterback movement plays, uh, he's he's shown effectiveness on all of them. When you're going up against two great receivers like Sanders and Thomas, do you basically just have to pick on a play to play basis which one to focus a little bit more attention on, or is that Difficult process. Uh, yeah, you gotta have some kind of plan for it. Yeah, you have to figure out how you want to handle it. It's it's a lot easier when you don't have to worry about one guy. But when you got two guys like that, it definitely puts a lot of stress on on the defense. So yeah, you have to take all those things into consideration. How much you want to give up the rush to cover? How much you want to give up the coverage to rush? If you balance it, how much you can balance it? How light are you somewhere else? So. You still got to stop the running game. Got to stop, you know, a lot of other things. You got to stop. I mean, not every pass goes to one of them, but if they hit a big one, that you know, that's the end of the, it. Could be the end of the drive too. So you got to, yeah, they're tough to defend. What have you seen from AJ Derby since he, he's been in Denver? Uh, yeah, they use him as you know part of their rotation at that position. Other than the fact that. They, they're usually a good team. What makes Mile High so difficult uh, in terms of place to play? Yeah, well, I mean, play on the road. You know, half our games on the road. They're a good team. I mean, that's put a good team anywhere. They're a good team. Bill, how much uh, development have you seen from the interior of your offensive line? You have three young players there: Mason, Tooney, Andrews. But it seems like all of them have. Um, as this season's gone on. Well, for Shaq and David, the second year is always, usually always, a, a year of growth. Just having that year under their belt on every on every aspect of uh, football, training, preparing, knowing what they expect from the other team, knowing what we do a little bit better. Just really all of it, uh, you know. And then Joe's case, just. Getting familiar with their offense, being more, uh, you know, he's played playing with uh, obviously Nate and David in his second year, but he's got a couple experienced players, um, you know, that he's working with as well. So, just think the overall coordination um, of the group and function of the group together. Uh, we're just working together, communicating together, seeing seeing things, just reacting. That just split second reaction can make all the difference in the world. So. Um, you know, the better we are at that, the better those guys are doing it together. Um, 
that's all. They're all positives. Well, how much does the mentality of a tough running game, a so-called tough running game, start with those guys, especially in the middle of the offensive line? Uh, yeah, certainly they're a part of it. Yeah, the line, the backs, the fullback, the tight end, uh, the running back. Um, yeah, it's not always about you know, pounding your head into a wall. It's sometimes it's about creating plays in space and you know finding ways to run the ball, get the ball uh, to a good back with some space to work with. And good backs can make yards on their own. So however you get to that, whether it's a power play, a toss play, a draw, I mean, it could be a lot of different things. But you, you know, really you're just trying to get the ball in space to a guy that can do something with it. Along those lines, yesterday Josh McDaniels talked about a good measure of a team's toughness is when you can run the ball, when the opponent knows that you're running it. And I'm curious what you've noticed from your team in that area. Of yeah. Well, I mean, look, I think that's how you have to win in this league. I mean, at some point you're going to have to run it when they know you're going to run it. You're going to have to throw it when they know you're going to throw it. You're going to have to defend the pass when you know they're going to throw it. And you're going to have to defend the run when... You know they're going to run it, and you know you've got to be able to play in those situations. Once they declare, um, if you can't do it at that point, then you're probably looking at not a good result. So it's sure to be able to to be able to run the ball when they know you're going to run it. You know they're going to, you know you're going to run it, and you're able to still run the clock out or or get those yards that you need. Uh, because at that point, it's yards and time more than points, most likely. Uh, if you're able to get those yards that you need, then that's situationally you know, critical to the outcome of the game. Related to that, I'm just curious, what has stood up to you from LeGarrette, knowing that it's not just him, but he's obviously a huge part of your running attack. What has stood out to you from his work this year? Um, I mean, number one, ball security. Number two, durability. Um and you know, I'd say just you know, in general, his ability to get get the yards that you need. Um, you know, a two yard run isn't a good run unless you need one. You know, four yard run is not a good run unless you need three. Uh, so he's had some explosive plays in there, which always helps shorten the drive. You know, and you can grab fifteen yards, eighteen yards, whatever it is. Um, you know, you don't necessarily think you're going to gain 15 yards when you hand the ball off. You know, good runs, four or five, maybe six yards. You know, when you end up getting, you know, two or three times that, those kind of bonus yards, if you will, that you're not really counting on. Um, but, you know, if you run it enough, hopefully you'll get a couple of those. But, you know, I'd say his ability to make, make the yards that we need at the time we need them. <clears throat> well, other side of the ball, the Broncos um, last year, one of the better stretch run teams and they find different ways to run the ball uh, this year. I'm wondering if that's changed at all or if it's just different personnel running a lot of the same type of running plays. Yeah, it's different personnel running the same plays. It's the same plays in Houston. It was the same plays in Baltimore. It was the same plays in Denver when Shanahan was there. It's the same plays now. It's the same plays. Same thing when Wade was in Denver, when Wade was in Buffalo, when Wade was in Dallas, when Wade was in Houston. When Wade's back in Denver, it's basically the same defenses. And it's the same thing when Joe was in Denver, or Joe was in Chicago, or Joe was back in Denver. 
Like there's a lot of continuity and consistency with their coaching staffs and the schemes of the coordinators. Uh, and they've had a lot of success with them. And I wouldn't expect them to change much because they've been productive over a couple decades, really. You know, going back to when Mike, uh, I mean, when Dan left and, you know, Wade took over, but then when Mike came in, the, the offensive structure uh, changed, and it's basically been that or a carryover of that to Gary. Uh, about 20 years now. Von Miller's had another really productive year getting after the passer. Um, looks like he's had a good year playing the run as well. What is it that, that's just made him a difficult guy to block? Yeah, everything. He's fast, explosive. Um, he's got good anticipation. He's smart. You know, he's gets good good reads, good anticipation on plays. Uh, a lot of times, the, well, not just on the road or at home, but on the road too. You know, sometimes he can beat the count. Get the jump there. Ray's done a good job for him. Ware's done a good job. I mean, it's got, you know, if it's just one outside guy, that's one thing. When you got to deal with two, it's hard to, hard to get, you know, help both places without having no, you know, you can help there, but then you have no passing game and you run out of guys to throw to. So, um, say the combination of, you know, one good rusher with a couple other good edge rushers, um, I know the guys inside do a good job too. Wolf, Crick, you know, Sly, those guys. And they so they have a well balanced rush. Although, you know, Ray and, and um Miller have I think probably over half the sacks, probably over half the pressures, but again it's hard to get both guys again unless you don't send anybody out, which you could do that. It just it hurts that there's a consequence to doing that. Does uh, familiarity help when it comes to trying to block somebody like Miller? I know uh, Solder didn't play against the Broncos last year because he was hurt, but he's a guy who's seen him a lot over the course of his career, even go back to college. Is that something where he may be able to pick up a few things just from seeing him as often as he has? Um, yeah, I'm sure there's something to that. I, mean, I don't think there's any linemen in the league that are sitting there saying, like, oh, good, we got Von Miller this week. This would be a little breather this week. I mean, nobody's saying that. I mean, no matter how many times you play him, you still got to gotta deal with his speed, his quickness, his leverage, his counter moves. Um, and if they run games with him, you know, it's not always the tackle on him. Sometimes it could be the guard or the center, which is, you know, that's a tough mismatch too because those guys usually aren't used to blocking that type of quickness uh, and explosiveness that he has. You know, they're used to blocking 300-pound. You know, whatever bigger guys, um, you get that kind of quickness coming inside on a stunt that can, um, that can, let's say, surprise them. But they're just not used to dealing with it uh, like the tackles are. But I mean, look, he's a great, he's a great player. He's a great rusher. It's a challenge for whoever's blocking him. And you know, you don't have all day. The receivers don't have all day to get open. They've got to help the protection by creating separation in the route and. Quarterback can't hold the ball all day back there. We got to find somebody and throw it to him. So, so you know, we need to have good team execution. You just can't even block him. That that doesn't solve the rest of the problem in terms of getting somebody open. Coach is playing on the road often for short week. Is that a real you know big challenge, or is it more just like spilt milk where it's a hassle but not that big a deal? 
Yeah, I mean, it's like every other team in the league. We play half our games at home, half on the road. So that's what it is. With every long week's a short week. With every short week's a long week. So it is what it is. Play on Monday, you got a long week. Play on Monday, you got a short week after a long week. I mean. Like Doug James White had a decent amount of success split up out wide. Now that we've talked about that before, but is that kind of built into that position as a third down back and expected to be able to split up wide and have some success as a receiver, or is it something that only certain players in that position can do? I think it's an acquired skill for most backs. Not a lot of guys that have, have done that. Um, you might see a little bit more of it in college now because there's a more of a prevalence of empty formations. But even still, the routes they run in college, the two routes that they run really isn't enough to, I would say, attack a good NFL defense. Uh, you need a little more than that. So um, yeah, I'd say my experience has been acquired skills. The guys that we've had out there... Um, from Tony Galbraith to uh, Mega to uh, Metcalf um, in Cleveland to Falk to Vereen to White. I don't think that's something that they, they came in with. That's something that they learned and acquired and um, got good at. I mean, he's been he's been very productive for it. I mean, you know, we're we've had a lot of production out of that position from Kevin, who was obviously you know great for us, you know, Hall of Fame player, to Shane, who you know gave us really two good years, two and a half good, whatever it was, um, and then James has you know given us two good years here, uh, the last two years, you know, taken over for Shane. So we've had a lot of production out of that out of that position. Uh, the sub back, if you will, um, at least since I've been here. So we've been very, very fortunate there. You know, Danny was a little little different, kind of more like Dion, not really a sub back, but could do some of those things. There was some an element of it, but those guys, you know, Kevin to Shane to James White have been, you know, that's been that role has been pretty clearly defined for them. And then, as I said, Danny and um, Dion have had some of that, but not quite the full, um, say full, you know, the full position that the other three did. But that was mega, you know, when, when I was here um, in 96. And then when I had him at the Giants, same thing, you know, it was that, that was really the sub-back role that at times became a little more than that, but. Is Dion not considered? Part of that group that you just mentioned, um, because the number of routes that he's comfortable running, or is it just? Well, I'd say it's like Danny. You know, those guys are pretty good running the ball. Right. So, not saying they couldn't do it. I think it's just a little different, different type of player. You know, Danny's had a lot of carries. Dion's had a lot of carries. They've caught some balls. Kevin to Shane to. Um, James, and again, going back to guys like you know Tony Galbraith at the Giants, uh, those guys had a lot more catches than they had carries. So just uh, you know, it's just a little bit of a different usage of the player. Not saying those guys couldn't carry the ball. Not saying these other guys couldn't catch the ball, but it's a little bit different. 
Bill, you noted uh, Miller's ability to anticipate the snap count and playing in Denver and the crowd noise being a factor there as much as anywhere. Uh, in terms of the center position and David Andrews' understanding of, of what they're doing and, and varying his timing and whatnot, how has he evolved uh, in terms of kind of countering that edge rusher's ability to anticipate when he's going to snap? Yeah, David does a good job of that. Um, you know, David has a lot of experience at the position. I mean, he played center from, I don't know, since junior high school or whatever it was. So, um, of course, a lot of crowd noise in the SEC. So, you know, dealing with that, um, our cadences are a little bit, you know, they're unique to us, but the whole concept of it is the same as just trying to keep them off balance and, you know, having a way that uh, you can do the same thing, but it'd be two or three different things, not every time you do the same thing. It, the timing's the same. So, um, and that's, um, it's really a big thing, but it's, you know, nobody ever talks about it. It's a underrated thing, but, you know, you have to do that in a way so that the other, I mean, you don't want to screw up your offensive lineman either, you know, so like you could gain an advantage yourself as a center, but it's at the disadvantage of the other four guys. So you're trying to gain the advantage for all five of you uh, against their line, not just, you know, you being able to kind of beat the snap as a center, which some centers that, you know, do that and they kind of put their, put their teammates in a bad spot. You know, David does a great job of Doing doing those kind of things in such a way that it you know it, it helps the whole line and uh, he doesn't um, he's got a good good sense of timing and a good awareness of all that and, and so it's not just working with a quarterback on it although that's important too but just the whole you know the other four guys that um, so they can all you know be aggressive I mean you don't want to be sitting there in the offensive line and wait to move until you see the ball snapped I mean that's just you know, and that's like playing defense. You know, now you've given them the advantage, so you want to be able to anticipate and get off on the snap count without getting off too early, being illegal, but not being late, and again, giving the advantage of the defense. So it's and there's definitely there's there's a lot to that. There's a lot to the that whole center position and the way it uh, interacts with the other the other linemen and the timing. And I imagine that's with any defensive lineman you want to get off, but in particular a guy like Derek Wolf, for example, is somebody who's disruptive. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, really, it's it's you know you want to gain the advantage on everybody, but yeah, especially good guys. You know, you give them, um, you know, you should have a little bit of advantage offensively once you level that, which is obviously what they're hoping for. Then the advantage really goes to the defense in terms of being able to. Get movement in the running game, get leverage in the running game, uh, beat them to the set in the passing game. It's just that fraction of a second uh, can can make a, a big difference, especially as you pointed out against you know a more elite player. Uh, so being able to do that consistently and do it right and do it at a high level is I mean that's challenging, but that's that's what we have to try to do. Your final question. Going back to the, the sub back a little bit. Uh, it seemed like Shane and James both took a little bit of time to, to get a role in the offense or just start getting playing time. He's picking up those those routes and, and that separate role that's kind of that takes a while to, to pick up in the offense. Is that what delayed them a little bit when they first came in? Well, Shane, Shane was injured his first two years, so... Uh, I wouldn't say that he wasn't good enough to do it. I would say that, you know, he missed time his rookie year and then missed time his second year. Um, 
once he got in there and started playing, you know, he was pretty pretty productive for us. Uh, then James's rookie year was Shane's fourth year, so James didn't come in here. He wasn't better than Shane when he got here. Um, with all due respect to James, I mean, he he wasn't ahead of him at that point. So I don't think we would have taken Shane out to put James in. Now, if he had had the play, I, I don't necessarily think he wouldn't have performed well. I'm not saying that, you know, because when he got a chance his second year, the last two years, he's performed very well in a lot of different, not just catching the ball, but running after the catch, pass protection, you know, some opportunities to run the ball. I mean, but to sit here and say he was better than Shane Vereen three years ago, I mean, I think that would be, I don't know. He didn't get a chance to play, so we'll never know the answer to that question, but I don't think anybody on the staff felt that that was the case at that point in time. So, But they're all smart. I mean, James is smart. Shane's smart. I don't think picking it up, learning the protections, learning the nuances of the routes, learning how to read coverages, um, learning how to read the blitzer. I and mean, that's probably the hardest thing they have to do is to figure out whether the guy's blitzing or not. Because when he comes across, he's trying to come across like he's blitzing so that you'll stay in and take him. But if he really has you in coverage and he's coming across to just hold you in and you get out, then you know, then you're out, you don't have to block him and he has to cover you. So that's you know, that's a real cat and mouse game there between the back who has pickup and the but linebacker who's in man coverage that's trying to keep him in by, you know, using a blitz, you know, a blitz technique. Um, and if either guy's wrong on that, you know, it's like playing chicken. If either guy's wrong on that, you know, you're you're out and he blitzes and you get sacked or you blitz and he knows you're not coming and he's out and then you can't cover him and, you know, it's a big play in man-to-man coverage. So there's a lot of... That's a tough spot. That's not an easy thing for a back to, to do. Plus, you play against a lot of different linebackers, and they all do it a little bit differently. And, you know, teams try to scheme that up a little bit with different calls and, you know, kind of little ways to, you know, trick the back and stuff like that. So it's um, that's probably the hardest part, really. And then there's, of course, blocking them. That's just because you know who to block. Then a back blocking a blitzing linebacker is... Not a gimme. It depends on who that guy is. There's different ways you might want to block him. So, um, but no, I would say learning was not. It wasn't an issue with any of those players. Well, definitely wasn't an issue with Kevin, Shane, James. Not, not an issue at all. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yep. There you go. That was Bill Belichick speaking to the media on a wide variety of topics, ranging from the Broncos to the return game and everything in between. With a long week comes a short week. With a short week comes a long week. Indeed, Confucius that's, said that. I that's, think that's that's the the that's what I took out of this. Right. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This is Christian and King. You're listening to Christian and King. Stay tuned for the stretch run with Jimmy Murphy. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with November's Male Student Athlete of the Month, Jarouk Hassan from Bedford High School. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a senior? This year as a senior, it's been very crazy football-wise, like winning it in OT versus Merrimack. What schools are you looking at? I'm looking at Northeastern and St. Lawrence. It's a lot of good educational schools in New England. What are you looking to major in? I'm looking to go into pre-med. How excited are you about D1 Football State? 
champion. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Our whole team is definitely very excited. It's the first one in BHF history for football. To actually come out with a win this year is incredible. And definitely to be a captain of that team and finally put that banner up. Tell me a little bit about your volunteer work. During the summer, I was a volunteer at the LA Hawks. I did a lot of volunteer with the National TV, so like HRC, FBI, part of the National Honor Society goal. So there's a lot of volunteer work that I have to do with them. Like volunteer for blood drives. And I actually put on a dodgeball tournament last year for the Children's Miracle Network. We donated like around $1,000. What inspires you to participate in all this volunteer work? I know a lot of people need our help, though. I just try to get back, try and do my part, and just volunteer my time. Is there anything else that you can really say that you got out of going to school in Bedford? Privilege to play sports here. It's amazing because all the coaches, they really care about you. Coach Stinks, like, I look at him like as my best friend, but when it's time to you know, put on the pad, then he's definitely there to coach you up, too. So the teachers are amazing. They really care about you. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. The good news is that if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, order from the Fast Break Lunch menu, and don't get your food within 15 minutes, your lunch is free. The bad news is, we don't plan on taking longer than 15 minutes. Free lunches? Are you crazy? What kind of business model is that? Lunch fast or it's free. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. For a limited time only at participating locations. Valid for tables of six or less. Other restrictions apply. See a participating location for details. Grand State Game Day, Saturday mornings from 7 to 9, only on ESPN New Hampshire. Who's going to win Rookie of the Year, Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott? I would say, say Ezekiel Elliott because I think he's in the MVP conversation right now, and I don't think Dak Prescott is in the MVP conversation. They're playing well. They're fun to watch. They've been fun to watch this season. After game one, they have no sense. And that's, that's they look impressive. That's a credit to, to them and their drafting, and the reason they look this good is because they drafted all, that offensive line a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. The offensive line is amazing. Got to be the best in football. It's definitely, it's not one of the top two. Sure. Grand State Game Day, Saturday mornings from 7 to 9, only on ESPN New Hampshire. 
I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. We've got a new number to text into. 845-827-1250. Eight eight three ninety nine hundred is the phone number. Eight eight three nine nine zero zero. Adam Kilgore has a thing up on the Washington Post right now, Tom. Like that, you couldn't write this. The headline of the article is: Some NFL coaches want to outlaw the kick play perfected by the Patriots. Shane McClellan play, Jamie Collins play. Oh, the the yeah, jumping I'm not, over the. I'm not surprised. I remember Cam Chancellor doing it, and I don't didn't hear one single coach say, "Oh no, we have to outlaw this." Well, it's the the repetitive thing about it. The That's, repetitive thing about it. In other words, it's happened again. So, so they don't want to because it worked. They don't want to take the time to change the cadences. That's what this is all about. They don't want to have to take the time to do it. It's one more thing that. Well, if that's about. really what they're worried about and that they're saying this publicly on the record, they should all get fired. No, no, no. What's the matter with you? You're going to bitch and complain? Oh, they, they're they making me change the oh, cage. They, Shut they, the bleep they, up. They, they never like the uh, climb on somebody's back and, and block the field. It's goal. not even no. climbing on you the know? back. It's jumping. I know. I know. Adam Kilgore's piece reads as this. As Justin Tucker measured his steps to line up a field goal Monday night, Shane McClellan stood on the other side, a visual counterbalance, and measured his own. Tucker had not missed a kick all season. McClellan and the Patriots studied film for weeks. For weeks, see? There you go. What happened next? One of the most exciting and controversial plays in football. McClellan leapt over both lines, blocked the field goal attempt, and the leap helped keep uh, helped key New England's victory and provided the most recent example of a rare, exhilarating play, gaining popularity in the NFL. For some, the leap is a delight, a perfectly legal combination of teamwork and athleticism. For others, it's a menace, a loophole-exploiting trick that places player safety at risk. There you go. Play Players' it. safety. That's right. what they can all claim. Yeah, okay. That's it. But let's also play 18 <laughs> games and on Thursdays. The play has made a distinct impact on this NFL season. In Week 10, Justin Simmons leapt over the New Orleans Saints line yep. late in the fourth quarter, blocked what would have been a go-ahead extra point. Teammate Will Park scooped the ball up and ran it down to the other side. Uh, the leap contains so much more in both preparation and execution, beginning with the technique of the most overlooked player on most NFL rosters. It's all about how the snapper in that play does his job. As Sunberg explains, NFL teams uh, teach two techniques for long snappers. The first is to snap and lift your head immediately and then to lean to one side and help the guards block. When Sunberg arrived with the Redskins in 2010, Danny Smith repeated, repeated the same instructions. Chest up, head up, arms out. As soon as the ball comes out of my hands, my head's coming up. For that reason, he doesn't worry about an opponent leaping over him to block a field goal. Right, because he doesn't show any physical sign of what's going to happen. The would-be leaper would risk clipping his cleat on Sunberg and falling down or bowling him over and drawing a penalty. I don't keep it in the back of my mind at all. I trust my technique and will take care of it, and teams won't try that against us because of the way I protect post-snap. 
The other way teams teach long snapping is for the snapper to rifle the ball through his legs, put his fists on the ground. It allows for the snapper to buttress himself and maintain leverage against rushing defenders. It's also a relic from the years before the NFL defined snappers as defenseless players, thus making it illegal to smash them immediately after the snap. Back then, they could tee off and destroy us, said Mike Leach, who retired last year after long snapping for 16 years in Arizona. So coaches used to teach, snap, get low, try to get as low as you can, and brace yourself. There's still some of that held over teaching of that technique, even though there's no need for it anymore. Basically, no one doubts the legality of the leap. Rule 12, Section 3 of the rule book details what is prohibited on a kick, jumping or standing on a teammate, placing a hand on another player to gain extra height, lifting a teammate or leaping over players, uh, and leaping over players at the line of scrimmage and then landing on them. The operative clause is landing on someone. Mm-hmm. Coaches would like to see that qualifier <laughs> eliminated. Bruce Arians, it's bad for football. What you're going to have to do now is start having centers raise their face up and get kicked in the face and things that are just dangerous to the players. I think it's a dangerous play, and they should take it out of the game. They're afraid of the center getting hurt. That's what they're afraid of. Maybe. Sure. Look, you see somebody leaping like that. You see, because they have to take a running start, first of all. You see somebody leaping like that, somebody's like, you know, obviously the odds are somebody could get hurt. It's a risky play. It is. But you know what? The guy leaping could get hurt, too. No, exactly. No, everybody, you know, exactly. So but centers are... Either you call the play or you don't. That's interesting. But if another centers. team calls the play... Right. And the centers are getting low because they're worried about getting hit right after the snap, which you're not allowed to do anymore. Right. But they're still afraid of it. All they have to do is keep their head up, see a guy running, and as soon as he runs, you just put your hands up and catch him. Catch them and hold them up like, you know, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> That's it. Penalty on them. You get a first down. This is an easy thing to adapt to. That's what drives me nuts about guys like Bruce Arians and these coaches who hate when Bill Belichick exploits some loophole or something. Well, like I said, it wasn't just Belichick. I mean, this happened. They, yeah. they cited a few few times. The Broncos did it. Uh, the Saint, Cam you know, Chancellor did it twice. Right? Yep. Exactly. Jamie Collins did it. Patriots again still, but whatever. And it's a pretty easy fix. Okay? We don't have to get low anymore because there's not a free shot on the centers, on the long snappers. Now they can't touch the long snappers right, right after Right, so get high and leave your head up. Leave your head up. You see a guy running towards you looking like he's about to take flight. All you have to do is reach up and touch him. Yeah. You know? Pat him on the ass. That's a penalty on them. That's it. That's it. Doesn't it just seem like this always happens? Doesn't it just seem like... Every time Belichick figures something out, the whole way, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Well, I mean, Belichick was the only one to figure it out. Other people have done it, so that's it's not like I didn't hear Bruce Arians bitching about it's, it's, it until today. Yeah, I didn't hear not, anyone bitching about it. It's not it until like today. it's all you know. Just came, it's not like he just he just came up with it. This happened in national TV mm-hmm. when everybody's watching, right? So that's gonna that's gonna create a little bit of a buzz. The uh, ineligible receivers with the Ravens, yep. college teams were doing that. Yep, oh, I know. But the Patriots do it. College teams are doing it. The Ravens that. complain, college, and they change the rules. College teams were doing it, but college teams weren't doing it where they were probably the only game in town on TV and national TV for the country to watch. Well, who cares? That gives more attention to it. That's what that's what it is. More attention to that play because it happened on Monday night. The only game in town. Mm. National TV. You know, all of a sudden, every coach is watching that. Every coach isn't watching it during the week. During on Sunday, they're they're doing their own game. I guess. You know, but they're watching that. So now you're going to hear more about it. 
Let's make it illegal, guys. Yeah. Let's see what happens in March when they all get together at their little breakfast and have uh, you know have, have coffee. Surprised Harbaugh wasn't the one that Harbaugh probably brought it up. I think we should make this illegal too. And, uh, <laughs> all those ways the Patriots beat me every time, not every time, most of the time. Let's make them all illegal. See right. what happens. They still beat you, yeah, little right. weasel. And that's the thing that I love about all of this. You know, some people are mad that the NFL is being hypocritical about the Giants and the Steelers. I'm not. I'm not. I don't care. What, what I'm happy about is that the Patriots are winning, and not winning the games. I mean, they're winning the war. Deflategate was kind of a war, all right? And there was a lot of battles that were won by the league and won, you know, a couple that were mm-hmm. won by the Patriots and Brady. But for the most part, the NFL won all the major significant battles. But with the Patriots win the Super Bowl this year, they win the war, right? No, they win the Super Bowl. I, I, don't, I don't look at the Deflategate thing and, you know. You don't look at it that way? No, nah, I don't look at it You didn't see it I'm as sure a that they do. two-year-long battle back and forth with I'm, a lot of peaks and valleys I'm, and I'm sure they victories did. for one side and then victories for the I'm other sure side. I'm sure they look at it that way. And Brady, you know, I'm sure that that's a, motive, a little bit of a motivation. Well, that's what I'm talking about, though. You know what? You just want to win the Super Bowl. Of just course you about, just want to win know, the Super Bowl. Stop. I'm talking bigger picture. Yeah, than I, you don't need to take a picture. You don't need to take a bigger picture. There's no bigger picture than winning the Super Bowl. I don't want to talk about anything you want to talk about. I'm top game. There's no bigger picture than <laughs> there is when you've won four. You yeah, win know? five. Yeah, win five. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. After all this crap's happened, all the teams that tried to get you Good. in trouble all missed the playoffs, and you win the Super Bowl. There's something a little bit different about that than just winning the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I think that that I think once you start to think about that, you, you lose your you lose your edge. I'm not saying they have yeah. to think about that. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just this is me thinking yeah, about this right now. Yeah. And you being an a-hole. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I'm just thinking, just win you know, the, the Super Bowl. Who cares who you, you know, when they win the Super Bowl, they're not going to be the team that turned them in on something. No, they're not. They're not. Those teams aren't making the playoffs. No, because those teams aren't those in the NFC. suck. Those teams aren't in the NFC. Yeah, they're not going to see them in the playoffs either. So, you know. They're not going to see the Ravens, they're not going to see the Jets, and they're not going to see the Colts, because none of those teams are going to play in the playoffs, I don't think. Unless, no, no, they won't. You know, a lot of great things happen for them, but that's not well, really you, we, yeah. the type of years they've been having. The Jets no. are eliminated already. The Colts right. are basically out, and the Ravens have to win out here uh, right. to make it, and they're not probably going to do that. No, so probably not. You know, no. there you go. Eat it, all three of you. <laughs> I just don't. I That's just... the second year in a row, by the way, those three teams are going to miss the playoffs. Right, yeah. yeah. There's nothing to do with anything except You don't think that, that adds a little bit of... Uh... No, I don't think so. Really? You don't think the Patriots... No. You don't think Belichick puts bulletin board material up on the wall? You don't think he tries to motivate his guys by saying, look at what they're saying about you. Look at what they've been talking about. Oh, look with the, ra- with, with the Ravens? With all of them. Yeah, with the Ravens, sure. You know, because that's a rival. You know, him and Harbaugh back and forth, the the, the legal, for, you know, all that stuff. That's part of it, probably. You know? Mm-hmm. But really, he's being very careful about that because he doesn't want to have his players distracted from what basically the task is at hand, which is just beat the other team. You know? Just beat the other team and do what, do what you need to do to beat the other team. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you get Cyrus Jones running around there going, oh, I better make this play because it's against the Ravens. And if I screw up against the Ravens, Bill's going to be pissed off. And then he does. Right. You and know? then he puts him back out there. You know? They pooch punted twice against the Eagles last year. Twice. Two times. <sighs> well, the Eagles were a bunch of pooches anyway. <laughs> they, did that, they did that twice. Yep. That same Eagles game, by the way. You know what else happened in that Eagles game? Well, Danny Amendola threw there. a pass to Tom Brady. Remember that? Yes, I do. They were I pulling out all the stops in that game. Yeah, it well, was like it was... they were just screwing around. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's what it, that's what it looked like. It looked like they were screwing around. Yeah, they weren't screwing around later on, were they? Yeah, that was it. You know, they had uh, that was bad. That, that was a, a that bad was a, game. That was probably one of the worst games. 
I don't want to say the word because he's there's taken some losses that were bad. There was that awful loss to Cleveland that one year, and you know there's been other ones in Belichick's tenure. But that was one of his worst games, I would say. I think it was in in 15 years. I think that was maybe yeah. One of his I think worst it was. Games. I think it was. I think he outsmarted himself in that game. You'd say outsmarted himself. Yeah, he did. Look at me. I'm smart. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, we're going to try this. We're going to try that. But nothing that he did was all that smart. I mean, you know. Well. He, two pooch punts? That's not smart. He outsmarted himself. <laughs> he tried to be smart, and it backfired. You got to do something smart to outsmart yourself. He wanted to be smarter than the other coach because he was coaching against the great Chip Kelly. Right. Bet your Chip's never seen one of these. <laughs> exactly. See? Boom. Yeah. You know? I bet he's never seen two in one game. <laughs> right, yeah, see, that's it. So, it's just, you know, this is just. That made some sense, though. Cyrus Jones, that makes no sense. No, Cyrus Jones, I don't get. I, I've, I think I've settled on a guy I want returning kicks. I think I've made, the, I think I've made my coaching decision. Oh, yeah? Yep. Garbage. Who? Deion Lewis. Okay. Neon Deion. Yep. He's very elusive. You've done it before? I don't care. He can do it. I don't care. He can do it. He can catch a pass. He can catch a punt. Not necessarily at all. Mm. Yeah, he can. No. I think he can. That's not how that works. A pass is thrown on a line from one guy to another. A punt goes up 80 feet in the air. Football's in the air, right? Whatever it is. Football's in the air. And it's also spinning like this instead of, you know, Football's in the air. What goes up must come down. He'll catch it. Okay. You'd make a good coach, though. I know I would. 603 If he doesn't catch it, he's doing laps and push-ups and everything else. <laughs> 9900 is your phone number. 883 <laughs> We'll be right back. Follow us on Instagram at ESPNNH. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, he's got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings them back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. You've been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight? Well, put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, paint and supplies, wallpaper, flooring, and especially window treatment and installation services. They take you from start to finish. Everything from the estimation to the delivery and installation. Find out more at NashuaPaint.com. This is the famous Budweiser beer. Brewed with the choicest ingredients since 1876. 139 holidays strong. Decking the halls in an eight-horse open sleigh. Aged over beechwood for a crisp, smooth finish. Anyone can jingle all the way. Only Budweiser can macro all the way. Budweiser, this Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. It's the year-end holiday event going on now at North End Mazda in Lunenburg. From now until January 3rd, get 0% financing for 63 months on all 2016 Mazda vehicles in stock. Make no payments until March and get a $250 gift card just in time for the holidays. Like the new 2016 Mazda 3i, the new 2016 Mazda 6i, or the new 2016 Mazda CX-5. Over 350 vehicles in stock. You're one click away from great holiday savings at BuyNorthEndMazda.com. See dealer or go to BuyNorthEndMazda.com for details. Offer ends January 3rd. Are you looking for the perfect gift this season? Want to avoid the malls and long lines this year? How about Omaha Steaks? And for only $49.99, you can get my family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com. Enter the promo code DANP in the search bar. 
and that's 77% off. So for less than $50, two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, a 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, four potatoes all gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, and also one Omaha steak seasoning packet. Plus, get four additional kielbasa sausages free. All of this for less than $50. If you're looking for convenient and quick shopping for those on your list, go to omahasteaks.com and enter my promo code DANP in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77% savings. OmahaStakes.com and the promo code DANP. It's the gift guaranteed to be a hit. It doesn't have to be golf season to enjoy everything the Atkinson Resort and Country Club has to offer. Open to the public seven days a week, Atkinson Resort and Country Club features two restaurants, Merrill's Tavern, a great place to watch sports or to try your hand at virtual indoor golf, and the Stagecoach Grill, serving lunch and dinner daily. The Atkinson Resort and Country Club is also one of New England's highest rated wedding venues and boasts over 15,000 square feet of conference space. The Atkinson Resort and Country Club in Atkinson, New Hampshire. Online at AtkinsonResort.com. Football returns this fall with Thursday night, Monday night, and Sunday night football right here on 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's home for the NFL. Six zero three eight eight three ninety nine hundred is your phone number eight eight three nine nine zero zero. We're gonna hear from Tom Brady next hour. He spoke to the media as well. He spoke for a while actually, so uh, we'll get into some of that. Tell you um, what, yes, I'm really starting to think that Josh McDaniels and the LA Rams are gonna be getting hitched. Really? Yeah, I, 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 it just seems to me to be. I too- heard a rumor last night the Bengals might fire Lewis and take a run at McDaniel. Yeah, the they, the they, yeah, they might, but he he'd probably go to L.A. rather than go to Cincinnati. Why? I mean, I, obviously from a LA, lifestyle, money, from a lifestyle more, perspective, more, sure. No, more money. More money. Why would there be more money? L.A. would would spend. You think? Yeah. Oh, the new stadium, glitz, yeah, glamour. Yeah, you know, want stars? They want to win the whole bit. You know. But if I'm McDaniel, I don't want to go there. Why not? Because that's a bad situation to walk into. I don't think that team is in a good place. I think he, at least well, look, in Cincinnati, you have some talent. Yeah, but you know that talent is a lot older than the talent in L.A. Some of it, yeah, and, that, and old talent in the NFL didn't last long. Plus, you're playing for you know a cheap organization. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he'd want to do that. I think he'd go to, I think he'd go to L.A. where he knows some of the personnel, not a lot of it, because a lot of it's changed. Right. But he knows some of the personnel, and knows the ownership. They were, they were the owners when he worked there. And I I just think that that's the that's the job. When new coaches come in, they like to sort of build their own stat. You know what I mean? Like they like to bring in their own quarterback. They like to have their own people and do all that together. I think that'd be an easier thing for Josh McDaniel to do in a place like Cincinnati, where you can either play out the rest of Dalton, or you can trade him, or do whatever you want to do. Bring your guy in. You can't do that in L.A. with a second year quarterback who was the number one overall pick. Well, what he'd have to do is he'd have to take a look at golf and see if he likes him or not. That would probably no one likes golf. That would probably be well. The Rams did. He that sucks. would probably be well. Also, don't forget so the next Ryan Leaf. That don't guy. forget, no one likes golf the way he is now. McDaniel's 
Because McDaniels has got an ego, let's face it. Mm-hmm. He had to, to do what he did in Denver. Right. McDaniels may take a look at what Goff is doing and say, okay, he should be doing this differently, that differently. I can fix him. Mm. Yeah. Or I can get rid of him. But that you can't too. just you can't just cut a guy. Right. Well, then he doesn't in the take the second year of his rookie. Then he doesn't contract, take the job. If he if, if if Goff just just completely if he just says no, there's no way, then he doesn't take the job. But if he sees stuff that he thinks he can work with, he, he takes that job. What can you work with on that team? You you, you what talk is there to work. They're with not zero sixteen. No, but you know, I mean, I mean, they, they have some young players that are pretty good. So I think like who I think he he probably they got a feels, couple of good defensive players. He probably feels it. that he can you know do something there. And by the way, since uh, they beat the Cardinals, yeah. Oh, they've they've lost what umpteen in a row, right? They've lost nine out of ten. After yeah. That, oh yeah. No, they're not very good. One, they lost to the Bills thirty to nineteen. But let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. No team he goes to is going to be very good. That's why the job is open. Maybe yeah. Oh, maybe about it. They're not going to be good. He goes to the Bengals. I think he could take that team to the playoffs in one year. And then after that, what? Then after that, you start building your team. Well, that's, see, that's what he he may not want to. He may not want. But that's have what a head delay. coach should want to do. That's how a head coach should look at this whole thing. If you want to start over and rebuild somewhere, go somewhere that's already sort of established. Play out the string. See if you can get at least one season of goodwill, and then build it all up. Otherwise, make, they're going to kick you why out delay, of town. Why delay the process? Because. Fan bases don't like that. Owners don't like that. It's not marketable. You go to the owner. You sit down. You go over the thing. You tell the owner, look, this is what it's going to take. So, you know, we may lose for a couple years. You're going to have to be good with that. If you're not, then, hey, no no hard feelings. But I'm not going to come here. And an owner might say, yeah, I'm good with it. And then, you know, 10 weeks into a two and eight season, they say, you know what? I'm not good with this anymore. Yeah, but you know what? I thought I'd be okay with it, but I'm not. You know what? And I got the money in my hand. You know? You know? It's a win-win. <laughs> if I'm McDaniels, I wouldn't want to go there. I wouldn't want to go to the, I'd like to go to L.A. If it's between L.A. or Kentucky, I'll take L.A. But, you know, really, I'll go with uh, the when it's a football, a football decision. I'm trying to think of places I'd rather not go than L.A. I mean, I'd... Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah, but at least there, you know, you can start over and no one will care. Well, I either care in Cleveland. Well, they don't care if you get rid of the quarterback there and blow the team up and start all over again. Oh, they I, care if you did that in L.A. because they got these, you know, rookie quarterbacks. Oh, I think they'd care more in Cleveland than they would in L.A. Who would they care about if you blew up the team in Cleveland? Cleveland's got more of a rabid fan base. Yeah, but who? What players on that team would they be mad about if you got rid of them? If you moved oh, on oh, and brought I see in a new, oh, oh yeah, right. Well, I'm saying if he goes to one of those bad teams, he's going to want to blow it up and start over. Well, Cleveland would be less upset about that, I think, than LA would. Now, see, the Rams have the feeling that they don't need to blow it up because they feel that Fisher was part oh, of the problem. Oh, but they do. <laughs> Fisher was part of the problem. They really do. So it's a bad team. You know, oh, they oh they are. It is a bad team, and that's why the job is open. Any team he goes to is is going to be a bad team, and the job is going to be open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but when you know when when you're if you're McDaniel's and you're sitting there talking to Stan Cranky and whoever else the you know whatever other suits are, are there. In the last three games, the Rams have been outscored one hundred and seventeen to forty five. I know that. I know that. 
They you did, didn't know that. Yeah, yes, I did. I got you did not know away. that. I just took, gave you a specific statistic that you did not know. Don't tell me you know I that. You did not know, the know specific that. numbers, but I knew they got blown up by more than 100 117 points. to 45, and I just did that math in my head looking at their last three games. Yeah, they got blown out the last Tell me weeks. you knew that. You didn't know that. Yes, you I couldn't did. do that math in your head. Well, I didn't know the numbers exactly, but That's I knew right. that they got blown out three weeks in a row. That's why Fisher's not there anymore. 145, 117 to 45. That's why Fisher's not there anymore. All right? So if you're McDaniels, you go in, you sit down, and you say, you, you, you know, you, you do your homework, you look at the organization, which he's probably already doing right now in his spare time, whatever time he's got. McDaniels? <laughs> you know. You think? You know, and, and you go over it, and you say, okay. In other words, when you go in for that interview, they're not interviewing you. You're interviewing them. You tell them, this is what I want to do. This is what it's going to take. This is what I want to do. This mm-hmm. is what I want to make, make done. This is the personnel I want to change. This is the personnel I want to keep. This is that, blah, 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 blah. And they say, yeah, fine, go ahead, do what you want. And you say, okay. You know? Yeah. Or they say, no, we, you know, this guy does a lot for the, you know, for, for the, you know, whatever charity he could say. He makes a lot of community appearances. We don't really want to lose him. And McDaniels would say, okay, well, you know, you want to, you know. You want to be, you know, you want a man, NFL man of the year, or do you want to do you want a Super Bowl ring? Right. You know, and that's what you that's what you do. Belichick did a conference call with the Denver media today. <laughs> yeah, see, those are the best ones when he talks to the opposing yeah. media. Someone asked him, "What does the term Patriot Way mean to you?" I don't have any comment on. What did he say? I've never used that term, so I don't know. That's true. He never <laughs> has. That's a good answer. That's a great answer. That's, I don't know. <laughs> that's probably the best answer he's given all year long. That's a great answer. That's a good answer. Yep. Well, then, of course, there was Seattle, 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 Seattle. That was a pretty good answer, too. That wasn't really an answer, though. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. During the Trump more thing, of a dire- Buckley? It was almost more of a directive. You know, this is what I'm going to talk about. Kind of, yeah, yeah true. You know. uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Tom Brady and your phone calls at 603-883-9900. Here it's Christian. Too bad we can't hear from the next coach of the L.A. Rams. Celebrate twice the holiday season with Metro PCS. Right now, switch to Metro PCS and get two free Samsung Galaxy On5 smartphones, sales tax not included. Plus, Metro PCS is on the 4G LTE T-Mobile network, so you'll have the nationwide coverage and fast speed to make the most of your two free smartphones. For a limited time, add a line to select plans and get 8 gigabytes of data for only 30 bucks. Swing by Metro PCS and check two free Samsung Galaxy smartphones off your list. Metro PCS, wireless figured out. Game plans. That's how you handle tough opponents. So, when you're up against cold weather, make sure your game plan starts with a dependable, proven, tough Duralast battery. That's why AutoZone is the only place that carries a full range of Duralast batteries. They're designed to deliver more power during startup and stand up to even the harshest conditions and temperatures of 40 below zero. Cold weather's coming, so out-tough the temperatures with the Duralast battery. Proven tough and available only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th at Nashua High School South. This year's event features girls' and boys' teams from Nashua South, Nashua North, Alvern, Salhegan, Milford, Goffstown, and Merrimack, along with special appearances from the famous Chick-fil-A Cows. Games start at 10 a.m. each day, and tickets are available at the door. The 2016 Chick-fil-A Nashua Holiday Basketball Tournament, Wednesday, December 28th through Friday the 30th. More info at nhsportspage.com. 
Do you feel like you've been benched or sent down to the minors? Are you paying the correct amount of child support? Let a team of experts help you out. That team is Bardis Law. There is nothing more important in your life than your kids. You wouldn't cut corners.